chatters welcome back to another episode of chats with my daughter my name is ella and this is my mom hi i'm kathy and before we get into this episode i do want to wish my handsome husband a happy 13th anniversary today monday the 26th is our anniversary so congratulations well thank you thank you this week's episode is going to be a little bit different we're going to do kind of a book club yeah. yeah, Ella talked me into reading a book. What's the name of the book, Ella? When Stars Are Scattered. And yep. it's written by Victoria Jamieson. Um, and actually, a fun little fact if you guys haven't read it already, the main character in the book is Omar. Mohammed. Mohammed. Mm-hmm. And he had a bunch of interviews with the author, and she kind of helped him explain his story. Yes, yes. And so. so I have to say, I have had my own little journey with graphic novels. This is a graphic novel. Yes. And um, Ella's been very into graphic novels, and I've kind of <laughs> struggled, because when they first became popular, I was kind of like, wait a second, why does Babysitter's Club, such a great yeah. series, have to be a graphic novel? And why does Wrinkle in Time have to be a graphic novel? Yeah. Um, I I just wasn't sure, but you love them. Your brother loves them. And so I did a little research because I'm a little scientist. Um, Scholastic.com agrees that graphic novels are great reading for for teens and tweens. Um, They're full of text, so that increases your reading comprehension. They're engaging, which I will agree. They are. They're engaging. So um, especially for reluctant readers, that can help them kind of be like, oh. me, kind of. Oh, you're a reluctant reader? I mean, once I start reading it, I like it. But just like the thought of sitting down and reading is kind of boring. I love reading. That makes me sad because that's like one of my favorite pastimes. I wish I had more time to read. But the graphic novels do help me. Yeah. Like. I'll, I'll, like, read it, except the only kind of, like, I guess, I wouldn't say bad thing, but kind of, like, frustrating thing about it is I can finish a graphic novel in an hour because of, like, yeah. how the reading level isn't as high, but it can it's, it can still talk about mature things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just not a very slow thing to read, you know? Well, and that's another thing that they said on this website, um, that high-quality reading material is there. Yeah. So you can have complex plots and conflicts and dynamic characters. And I, I will say, you've probably encouraged me to read about four of your graphic novels. And yeah. all four of them have had pretty deep issues. We have read El Defo together by mm-hmm. C.C. Bell. Which is actually about um, a deaf girl but except in the story they made it like a bunny yeah <laughs> um hey kiddo yeah that, that was another good one it was about um a boy or like a teenager overcoming losing his mother kind of or not really losing his mother but kinda. losing his mother to alcohol yes. and drugs yes and then he also kind of lost his father at a young age when he ran away when he was born and started a new life with yeah. a new family and then we read Stepping Stones. That was another interesting one. Yeah, that was that one was really good. It was about um, a girl who it was just her and her mom, mm-hmm. and her mom got like married to mm-hmm. another man. So she had a stepfather, and the stepfather had two girls. So she had two stepsisters, and they lived on a farm and stuff. So she had to like deal with having a step family. Yeah, I mean, so all thought provoking. Mm-hmm themes, deep issues. Um, and, I, and I thought... Well done. Yeah, I yeah. thought Stepping Stones was also, like, good to kind of bring up how not all, like, in movies they try to make steps families seem evil, I feel mm-hmm. like. and But in the book, 
the whole step family was like very welcoming mm-hmm. and they were very nice to her except she was kind of neglectant mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about this week's book, though. The book that we're here to talk about is called When Stars Are Scattered. It is a National Book Award finalist, um, and it's a true story. It's a graphic novel, but it's a true story, and I, and I love that. Um, it is about Omar Mohammed, like we said, and he is forced to leave Somalia. Ella, tell us where Somalia is. So I looked at a map, and... Somalia is, like, in the eastern area of Africa, mm-hmm. um, and it's surrounded by the Indian Ocean, like, it kind of borders around it. Yeah, it's shaped like a number seven, the, the country mm-hmm. of Somalia, and, and I looked it up. It's actually roughly the size of Texas, if that puts it in perspective. So, uh, a country the size of a large state in our country, um, and... Omar is forced to leave Somalia at a young age as a refugee. Did Mm -hmm. did you learn what a refugee was? Yeah, so um, I actually know what a refugee is just because I've done a lot of research about it before. Oh, okay. Um, But I kind of just know a very vague definition uh, definition of it. Uh A refugee is like a person who has no other option but to leave their country and evacuate to a safer place. And it's most likely due to war. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are other reasons of evac- evacuation, but war is a big one. And I know that um, the whole point of the book is that the war has been going on forever, so we can't ever turn back home. Yeah, I mean... It's still going on today, right? Isn't that 30 crazy? years later. It's like a 30-year conflict going on in Somalia. And yeah. so it seems to me like there's not a lot of people who truly live in Somalia anymore. There's hundreds of thousands of refugees in other countries. And the refugee camp that was where Omar was in was in Kenya. Right. So they had to walk a long way. Yes. And Omar was like four when he left and he left with his little brother. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of orphans in this um, refugee camp. And, um, it just brought up a lot of really good issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many more, but I only wrote down a few. But there were, like, so many more to talk about. What kind of things affected you in this story? So, one of the things that affected me was um, how Omar and Hassan were stuck in the camp for seven years, and I think even more. Right, because at the beginning of the story, it had been seven years. I was struck by that, too. That is one of the ones I wrote down, because I was like, that is so sad. You think if you go to a refugee camp, or an orphanage, or whatnot, at four years old, you're going to be out quickly, Mm -hmm. but but no. (laughs) Seven years, and more because he was, like, all the way in high school, still in refugee camp. I know, I know. And many of those people... And he was still looking for his mom. Like, I every know. day he still hoped. Many of those people were going to live the rest of their lives there. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of shocking. Kind of um, shocking. And then uh, another subject that kind of hit me was how... So Hassan... Hassan, is, his brother. Hassan is mm-hmm. Omar's little brother. I call it Hassan for some Oh, reason. well, it kind of looks like Hassan. Yeah, Hassan is Omar's little brother. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad because... Um, he has a disability. Yeah, he couldn't talk. And actually, it's kind of, like, not really funny, but, like, interesting how the only word he could say was, um, who, I don't know how to say this. Huyo? Huyo, which meant, actually, it actually meant mother. I know, that touched me. In his language. That touched me. So, I think... Like, somewhere inside of there, Hassan was looking for his mom, too, because the only word he could say was 
Mama. Mama. Yeah. 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 I know, yeah. I was affected by that too. I, I thought some of the other really eye-opening things that struck me were like they didn't have a soccer ball, so they made a soccer ball out of plastic bags. Yeah. I mean, this is how poor these people are. Um, and also back to ha- ha- Hassan, he actually used to because of his disability, he had seizures. Seizures. Yeah. Seizures, which are really scary and yeah, it's, it's horrible when you don't really have. Uh, like not really good health takers either to they they just kind of laid him down on the bed and said oh well he has seizures there's nothing we can do about it yeah they just don't have medical care yeah um they did however have a school Mm -hmm. and i thought it was so interesting how grateful the kids in the book were to go to school um they wanted to go to school they wanted to go to school the only thing they could do yeah otherwise they had nothing to do they had no future without school Mm um so i thought that was kind of like a little bit of a shining star that they had school. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was sad that they would go through empty days, which meant they had no food. Yeah, I think like it was every like 15 days where Ugh. they would get like a bag of like, what was it? I don't know. It was like grain this powder. Yeah, and, a bag yeah. of grain to last them 15 days. And if the last three days were no food, then they would have no food. Wow. I thought it was cool though. They had... um. So Omar had a foster mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Her name was um, Fatma. Fatuma. Fatuma. Mm-hmm. And she, when they had empty days with no food, she made like this tea out of like bark yeah. from trees. So I, th- I thought she's so generous too because she took them in as her own children. I know, but can you even imagine that you had no food and so you had to drink bark tea? Yeah. Like we are so fortunate um, I think even the poor in our country aren't this poor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is like serious, serious poverty. It actually reminded me a lot, um, theme-wise, I have just read a book called The Moment of Lift by Melinda Gates, mm-hmm. and she is really into empowering women globally. So mm-hmm. not just saying, hey, American girl, you can be whatever you want, but how can we help women in other countries? Um, Because, you know... They get married off young. Oh my gosh, that's a huge issue in her book. That's a huge issue in The Stars Are Scattered, that teenage girls, maybe even younger than teenage girls, are getting married off. So there's actually um, a a character named Miriam, am I Mm -hmm. saying that right? Yeah. Um, And she was married before she could finish school. Um... And it, it was kind of sad because she also, like, already had kids by the time that she, like, right when she quit school, she was married and had kids all of a sudden. And it was sad because she was also very smart. She had the capability of, you know, like, becoming something big oh, because she was, was actually the number one girl in her class to have, like, the highest scores on every test. He, she always studied, and it was kind of sad to, like, also, like cool how she would teach her kids like all the stuff that she knew because she like really she was just very like powerful and strong and she tried and tried and tried but her father forced her to get married I know and and I think that is something we don't really realize in our country you're you're Mm -hmm. allowed to be a child a lot longer in our country um not in fact in in this refugee camp I don't know if this is all of Africa or just this refugee camp or what uh, not everyone even got to go to middle school. Mm-hmm. You had to 
pass a test and be one of the top 50 or something yeah. like that to even go to so everyone got to go to elementary but middle school was competitive and then high school I think was competitive again mm-hmm. so there's a good chance yeah. you're gonna get no education and it is definitely true how you have to grow up faster too yes. because even Omar he when he was like the first time that they came to the refugee camp even though they had their Fatima mm-hmm. um as like their foster mom who took them in kindly mm-hmm. he still had to work and get water and take care of Hassan when Fatma was asleep and oh those were like real chores yeah like nothing you and your friends like know empty of. the dishwasher yeah it's not empty it's like <laughs> go walk a mile and yeah. fetch the daily water it's like and we wa- just go to our fridge, right? Put it under there's our water. It's like wash your hands by clothes and put them in the sun to dry. I mean, these are real chores, and and it it, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah. Um, uh, again, reminding me of moment of lift that like children in poor countries, um, like in that kind of condition, they they die of things that we don't die of here yeah. in the United States. They die of diarrhea. And even though that sounds so silly, it's because they don't have a way of rehydrating when they get done, mm-hmm. you know? They don't even have access to Gatorade, which is, you know, replenishing your electrolytes and stuff like that. Um, like, all of the foods, like chips that we, we take advantage of, like, they don't even probably know what they are. No! No! And it's all junk food. Like, we don't even need them. Right. I mean, it looked like, as far as Omar and Hassan were concerned... They weren't even eating meat that I could mm-hmm. tell. It looked like it was all this grain and oil and making a a, a gruel kind of yeah. thing. Um, you know, also I learned that poor countries receive vaccines like 15 to 20 years Ooh. later than we do in the United States. So again, they're dying of things that we don't even think about. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're in a new generation, right? You're like, oh yeah, I don't know. I got those vaccines when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm not dying of rubella and measles. You know, it's it's crazy to me. Um, and and kind of as you touched on the whole thing about young marriages and having babies, and um, th- this Melinda Gates book talked a lot about birth control and how yeah. again in the United States we have a lot of access to birth control, which I know some people find that controversial, mm-hmm. um, but it's really such a great thing because you can time your pregnancies. So for instance, had Miriam in our story um, had birth control, she could have probably finished high school at least yeah, and then started having children. But she was basically had no other choice but to have a baby at a very young age. Like 14. I, that's what I thought. She was about 14. Um and then she couldn't space out and wait. You're like, okay, now I have one baby. Let me finish my college education and then have another one. Nope, she, she like got pregnant again. Education. I know she had to stop education. Um, mm-hmm. And education is so important because with like an increased education, you get an increased income. You can raise healthier kids. Um, it's just family planning is so so important. And this book really like shined a light on how not having access to family planning can devastate your life I yeah. yeah it's a book about Omar but I really felt for Miriam his, his friend forced to get married um so overall though I I just loved the book I'm so happy you encouraged me to read it um were there any other themes that struck you 
Um, well, actually, another theme that struck me, because I, I had so many more, I just didn't write them all down, <laughs> you know, in our notes. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was how Omar had a friend. Mm-hmm. His name was Jared, or Jared, I think. Okay. Um, and his friend had... Jerry. Jerry, yes, yeah. I Jerry. Just, I just checked, because I, I was know. like, what was I that guy's name? Jerry. Yeah. Um, and... His dad had bidden so much, like, all the money that he got. As soon as he got his money, he bid it up to go to America. Right. And he was, like, which I know is probably not the best, but, like, what else could he do? He just, like, showed it off to his friends. He was, like, I'm going to America. My dad spent $100, and Omar was very jealous. He was, like, how does he get to go? I deserve it more. It's me and my brother. My brother has a disability. And actually, Jerry did have a little thing where his leg wobbled. Right. I think he, he did have a little disability himself. Born You're like right. like that. Mm-hmm. His leg wobbled. So, And he was also very kind to Omar and Hassan. So mm-hmm. so a, a, a theme of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. But also but jealousy. Also because jealousy. people were constantly jealous of each other if someone got a leg up. Whether then, it was got to go to high school or got to go to America. There, there was a lot of jealousy, which I totally understand. And then after his father put in all of that money, um, the what's it called that would like approve that the UN, going, the United the, Nations, the UN, mm-hmm. they disapproved it, oh, and that was they, heartbreaking too. And then all of a sudden, Jerry and his family was poor, and he had like a mom, a dad, and siblings, and they had spent all of their money on nothing. So then it goes into another theme: his dad started doing um a type of like drug Drug, that was like a leaf i forgot what is it called cot or something i wasn't really sure but yeah basically he spent his day high because you know and you want to judge and say that's terrible why are you getting high but if you are in a refugee camp and there is nothing to do and your future seems hopeless because he tried his hardest to get out of there literally hopeless and america is also strange when we say we feel hopeless right way more unhopeless like we have way more hopes of actually having a future than they do oh my gosh so much so and so he he basically was high all the time which was was depressing for me to read i think it's horrible but i also like maybe we would do that if we were in such a bad situation. You you can't say until you've walked mm-hmm. in someone else's shoes. And, and it did give me compassion. And it was also sad for Jerry just because he couldn't even look at his father. He I was, know. like, embarrassed oh. to walk by him in the market. And then his like when his father was, like, on drugs, he would just become, like, a whole different mean person where he would, like... He even made fun of his son for his wobbling leg he was like look at my son as and his wobbly leg yeah and it was just sad and i just felt so bad for jerry yeah no it's sad that it's true too i mean the whole theme in general is sad but the fact that it's a true story and it's something that's still happening the war is still happening and we're still we still have thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in refugee camps we do oh yeah oh yeah 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 I just didn't know if, like, the war is still going, but, like, maybe they found living situations. I don't know that they can find living situations for 100,000 people. You know, we, we, you and I were kind of talking about this off air, and even in a richer country, which obviously going to Kenya, they they can't afford to, like, house all these people in luxurious accommodations, but even in the United States, I don't know that if 100,000 people came in, we could be like, here you go, stay at this fabulous place, get a great education, you know, all of that is so uh, 
time consuming and money consuming. So it's a it's a yeah. tough tough situation and you know the real answer is the war in Somalia needs to stop so that people can go home and go back to their lives of farming and that yeah. kind of thing. Um uh I did think though that overall there was a a theme of hope in this book. Mm-hmm. Um you know you have to make the most of what you have. You have to persevere and you have to appreciate what you do have. And I thought um, some of the characters in the book were better at that than others. Yeah. But appreciating what you have is a is a good rule of life. I think it's even something good for us. Absolutely, I appreciate everything I get. Like, and I'm grateful. Oh, I'm glad. I'm I'm grateful too. I am. Um, yeah, definitely. For me, this hit a lot on. Oh, I've got a lot of white privilege, American yeah. white privilege. You know, and and. Um, I am lucky to be a woman in this country. Like, what twist of fate was it that I yeah. wasn't born in a refugee camp in Africa? You know, there, there's that's something I think about all the time and makes me feel grateful for my situation and feel compassion for others in a lesser situation because it's so easy to say, you know, I worked hard for what I have, but I, yeah. I think um, I was allowed to work hard for what I have. I was allowed an education. I was um, allowed to eat. I was allowed to have fresh, clean drinking water. And so that's luck, girl. That's, I'm just privileged to have those things. That doesn't make me better than anybody else or mean that I worked harder. Everyone has a capability. Absolutely, yep. I, I, maybe, maybe some people have, like, a little gifted thing that they have where they have, sure, sure. like, great memory or photographic memory or they can just study a lot harder or focus a lot harder, but I think everyone's, like, born the same way and everyone is, like, born a new person and you can either, like, have an education or not, so everyone's capable of the same things. Right. It's just who has the opportunity. And definitely in this country, we have a lot of opportunities handed to us. We might squander them sometimes, but, um, you know, I I thought it was, it was very good book and led to some really good conversations. And it let Um, you have all the feels and emotions. Yeah. 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 Um, and I thought it was it was just interesting after reading the moment of lift that um, you know talking about the importance of education even in poor countries and the importance of clean water and um, Omar if you read the afterward mm-hmm. he has really made the most out of his situation he has now started a organization called Refugee Strong yeah and I went to the website it's refugeestrong.org. Um, and some of their goals are to encourage refugees to continue with their education. So get an education because then you can, again, you know, get a better job, earn more wages, navigate the healthcare system, um, believe in yourself. I mean, th- those are some good reasons to get an education. Um, and the other big thing they do, and I don't know if you saw this, um, the Refugee Strong uh, helps give products to refugees in these camps mm. for menstruation. So when feminine products, feminine products, yeah. So when girls get their periods in other countries and they don't have products to keep them hygienic, they miss school. 
Yeah. And and then their education drops and it's the whole domino effect or they may decide they don't want to go to school anymore because it's embarrassing and whatever. So again, that's something we don't deal with in our country. You know, we have all these tampons and maxi pads and we just go right to school and don't think about it. But that's something else. It really made me realize, wow, what if yeah. we didn't have access to those things? So. I really thank you for encouraging me to read this book. You're welcome. It was and, a good one. Um, if all of our listeners want to listen to it, I strongly suggest you read it. Or even if you have your own daughter or son, maybe do a little book club with mm-hmm. them on it. Mm-hmm. Because, And there's a lot of things we left out because we don't want to spoil the whole book. So if you want to read the things we left out, I would read it now. It's called When Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jamieson. And Omar Muhammad, yeah, because yeah, um, it's Omar's story. And it's actually a national, it got a national book award. Yeah. Um, it was like a finalist in a book competition, I imagine. Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll uh, snap a picture of it and put it on our Instagram and our new Facebook page so that yeah, people so can see it. Go, oh, yeah, so as she just said, go check out our new Facebook page, Chats with My Daughter, and our Instagram account that we have. And have a really good Monday. Thanks, and uh, don't forget to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Mm -hmm. Podcasts and wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, so have a good day. Bye. Bye.